David Buck Dellinger is the CEO of the Clarksville Montgomery County Economic Development Council. He joins Charlie and Katie to chat about managing Clarksville's incredible growth in a responsible manner, including plans for redevelopment districts throughout the city. All in this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. I can't wait to hear what you got going. Good to be You've back. You've been to busy you down guys. there, haven't you? Well, well, there's a lot of things, great things going on in Clarksville, Montgomery County. It's a good time to live in Clarksville, isn't it? It's it's exciting. A uh, lot of change, and managing that change and managing it correctly is is a challenge. And you know that's that's we're trying to do our best. Well, it's a definitely constantly like a moving target, isn't it? It is. Uh, and you know we we look for those opportunities to to make make things better and and grow our our city and county mm-hmm. in the in those locations that best serve the population. Well, I think you're doing a great job, so we appreciate it. Well, you've got something really big you're working on. Right, yeah. right. So we're, we're rolling out, we're proposing four redevelopment districts to okay. the city and county. And, uh, and you know, we as I've talked to folks, the, one of the first questions they want to say is, you know, why aren't we doing this? You know, why? Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing it because in 2019, Clarks Montgomery County was the best place to live in America. 2021, we had the, the most uh, desirable zip code was 37040. And so things are happening. People are coming here. We created 7,000 jobs in the last 30 months. Wow. Uh, so jobs are coming here. Businesses are coming here. We're an attractive location. And we've, we're growing. And, you know, how do we grow uh, responsibly? Mm-hmm. And we're, we're growing. You know, we just don't want to continue to spread out when we've got underutilized areas uh, within the city. Mm-hmm. And everybody realizes that. And so... Uh, you know, why are we doing it? Because we, we need to. Uh, secondly, you know, where are we doing it? We're doing it in these locations that are uh, these redevelopment districts give us an opportunity to look at areas that are gateway locations. They're underutilized and they may have something about them that's standing in the way of the natural development. Okay. So natural development, what mm-hmm. I mean by that is like, a, why didn't a developer already do something on this location? Yeah. It's such a great location. It's on the river or it's next to Austin P or it's where, wherever it's at. Mm-hmm. It's in a downtown area. Why isn't it naturally already being developed? And so, uh, you know, what the areas that, we've, that we're looking at, and I'll walk through the areas real quick. It's the uh, around the Two Rivers Mall. Okay, uh, and that's down on the river. Right, the yeah. Red River and yeah. the Cumberland, mm-hmm. yep. uh, uh, the marina area, and not necessarily the marina, but the area that's around that intersection where Gary Matthews okay. is at, uh, with the bypass and, and the highway and, and Riverside Drive come together. Uh, there's some underutilized land over there. It's all yeah. good businesses, but we could go, you know, higher and better use over mm-hmm. there. And then along Riverside Drive between the Turn Bridge, uh, R.J. Corman Rail, down to about McClure Street is another area that there's some buildings that aren't being best utilized. And then, of course, the Vulcan Frosty Morn area, we put those together because the city is working on uh, updating the old Frosty Morn and bringing Mm -hmm. that into community space, farmers markets, entrepreneur site, uh, entrepreneur opportunities. And so, and the Vulcan site has been cleared for a while. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, that's a former industrial site. And we, we're looking at, you know, how can we help developers see the opportunity yeah. in those four locations? And, it, and if you think about that, each one of those are at gateway locations. Right. You know, they're, yeah. they're entrances 
into the downtown area, uh, there's a lot we can do to bring development back into the downtown area and then spur bigger and continuous development that could go all the way up to New Providence mm-hmm. areas. Yeah. It could go, you know, south uh, out of town and then up the bypass. So these are sort of starter locations. So, so I'm sorry, a uh, quick story about that. You talk about gateway locations. Uh Fifteen years ago when we moved here, we were coming to Clarksville to just see, oh, do we want to live in this community? And we came in that, you know, that intersection there by what you were talking about, the marina. Mm-hmm. And I remember we made the wrong turn and kept going straight. And I remember thinking, do we really want to live in this community? Nah. <laughs> that was like my first impression of Clarksville. So, but I'm here and I, we love it now. <laughs> right, right. But, and, you know, and, and I've gotten a lot of comments from folks, you know, since I've been yeah. in this job for 11 months. It says, we need to update Riverside Drive, you know, and if you go to different cities that have a river, I mean, we've got this gorgeous river that's mm-hmm. that's got a great view of setting sun yep. in, the, in the evening, uh, that why can't we do more about that? And, that, and the, the moral of the story is that it's in a flood zone. And yeah. so a lot of those parcels that are along the river there are in a flood zone. And so a developer will look at that and go, how do I overcome that? And it's just better for me to go build in a, in a yeah. bean field on the other side of town when we really need them to do something uh, in the downtown area with, with either retail or commercial. And so, you know, we can help them if we create a redevelopment district and and think about that each one of those areas as a fully developed area. And if we think about it fully developed, we create a transportation plan for the whole district. We create a, 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 a concept for the whole district as opposed to looking at it at a parcel at a time. Yeah. So if you do it at a the – mm-hmm. the Frosty Moore and Vulcan district has 80 parcels in it. So we're going to try to you know, have a concept – on that entire 80 parcel area, 55 acres, so that as it gets redeveloped, it's all fitting together with a streetscape plan, yeah. a park plan, a you know a retail plan, a multifamily, which is apartment building plan, and get all that together into a mixed-use community where it's you can see it in a big picture as opposed yeah. to just doing redevelopment one. Mm-hmm. Corner one lot at a time. So, so when you talk about the frosty morning Vulcan property, you've you've got some city owned property. Yep. You've got some uh, privately owned property, and then you're putting this plan together. And um, sometimes government moves a little slower than the private sector. So how do you how do you maneuver that, and how do you entice the government to step it up or the private person to step it up? Because there, it's you know do, but, yeah, two different but, pots of money. Yeah, let me add to that because you're probably going to answer it at the same time. What, because what I was wondering as you were talking about this, so you've named these redevelopment districts. What is it that entice? What is it that entices a developer? J- because just naming it that, what is going to entice the developer to want to come there? So, so that that kind of tags on to yours. So, so. That we're this is where we're in the. There's been there's public development, there's private development, and there's public private development. And so through the public-private development is what we're talking about here, where the public is going to encourage <coughs> private development, and then the public is going to put some things on that that says, you're going to have to put in a little affordable housing. You're going to have to have put great wide s- uh, sidewalks. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to put ornamental light poles in here. You know, we're going to make this 
special. And so the 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 what makes the developer want to go to that is the tax incremental finance. Okay. That's it that is So we're the, making these TIF districts. These as well. are TIF districts okay. that and what that means is uh once the developer develops <clears throat> they can get back uh 15% up to 15% of the total cost of that development. They get that off their taxes mm-hmm. over 20 years. And so they get a bit of a tax break for future taxes that spread out over a 20-year period mm-hmm. to pay them back for up to 15% of their development costs to do that. So the, the, <coughs> there's no risk to the community. There's mm-hmm. no money being put in up front to get this done. It's done afterwards. And then though, any dollars that, goes, that are available to go back to the developer – they go back after the city and county debt's already paid, and it's all, you know, after the fact money to where they're getting some uh, uh, some return taxes back to them over the next 20 years. Okay. And if they get that money back, you know, sooner, then... then good for them. Good for them, but then, yeah. the, then the city and county mm-hmm. is getting full property taxes on a, a piece of ground that otherwise would not really be fully developed. Right, because these districts right now are not right. living up to their fullest tax potential. Right. I mean, they're, they're, you might have uh, you know, a whole district that's paying $200,000 in property taxes, which is the, the Vulcan Frosty <clears throat> Morning Era, mm-hmm. paying about 200000 Once it's fully developed, it could be paying a, a million and a half dollars mm-hmm. in property taxes. Gotcha. So... Uh, you know, so and then that million and a half is pays the debt service first, yeah. and then it goes to the the general accounts later. So that uh, makes a lot of sense. It does, and and that's the part that I think the public needs to understand because the perception, which is just merely perception, is where well, you're helping a developer make a lot more money, and they're getting these tax breaks, but it really comes back. In the end, it helps the community a lot. Not only that, Charlie, but, uh, you know, speaking to the naysayers, I'll tag on that. You know, you can get on there and say, oh, well, you're giving developers a tax break. You're giving money to. But then on the same side, they're complaining that they well, why don't you just let a developer do that instead of it being done publicly? We can't have it both ways. Yeah. And the developer's not going to do it. Uh It can't do it in a flood zone. Yeah. Unless we're going to help them with some tax and incremental sure. finance to overcome the requirements. And so what that means is if you're in a flood zone, you've got to bring in dirt to raise the land above the flood zone right. level. And then you've got to go somewhere else down the river and go, okay, well now where's that water going? Yeah. I've got to buy some land and make that the future flood zone. Yeah. So, so that, that takes dollars to just to maneuver that land around and improve the land you've got and to, to create another flood zone somewhere else. Yeah. Cause uh, that water has got to go somewhere. So, and that's why it's not naturally occurring. And so through a public private partnership uh, with a development agreement, then all of this can get uh, done codified, yeah. you know, it's put in legal, legal terms, legal documents. And then, you know, we all live up to each other's requirements over the term of, of the agreement. So I have one more question. So when you're talking about, let's say, the downtown Riverside District, um, you, you put together a plan with streetscape, lights, all that, which I'm sure it's beautiful. What do you do about all the local business owners right there? What happens with that piece of it? 
So what we're doing is setting the conditions. Okay. So the local business owner that might own that land right now, they're, they can improve their land. Hopefully they do. It's, uh, yeah, it's up to them. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they can, or they can, you know, uh, put their money, to, I mean, not their money, they can put their property together with other, other mm-hmm. uh, dev- uh, landowners and they can improve it or they can sell it. Mm-hmm. It's up to them, you know, uh, but we're not, the, you know, the, the current landowner has the same options right. as the developer does. Well, I only bring that up because I don't want people to think, okay, well, we've got a Riverside district in five years. It's all going to be changed. This is, a t- this is over time. Right. And, it, you know, it's a, when we create these districts, you start with a 30-year time mm-hmm. horizon. You yeah. know, and, and, and so 10 years to get everything rolling mm-hmm. and then 20 years to get it fully developed. And so yeah. this is a long-term uh, approach. But, you know, it, it, if, if you look at the, you know, common redevelopment districts that are in Nashville, the Gulch was one, mm-hmm. uh, Rolling Mill Hill, uh, the downtown area, even, you know, Fifth and Broadway, I mean, Broadway yeah. mm-hmm. were redevelopment districts. And now, you know, in a quick, you know, fairly quick, when you go back and say, how long did it take them? It took them 20 years. Right. Yeah. To do that, mm-hmm. even though it seems like a blink of an eye for people that have that have grown up here, it actually took them twenty years mm-hmm. to get that stuff fully, uh, you know, transitioned. Right. And now people are like, "Why would we even do that?" Well, before mm-hmm. those were abandoned areas; mm-hmm. they were environmental da- areas. Mm-hmm. They were they needed a lot of of of, of they needed attention. a lot of love. Well, I just think people, I just say that because people need to understand we're just not going in and tearing everything down and rebuilding. This is a process over time. Right. And it's really just, it's given people opportunity to improve and it's smart term, save some money while they're, you know, while they're improving their property. Of course, it comes back to them on the back end, Mm -hmm. but it it gives them an incentive to help improve the community. It's smart planning for our future, which is what we need more of. And And I sit in a lot of county commission meetings and city council meetings and a lot of public meetings. And it allows us to think about this holistically again, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and these are all, there's not a single new idea in any of this. This was yeah. created in 2010 uh, and it became the, the 2030 Clarksville 2030 growth plan. Well, here we are in 2022 and we're actually doing some of these yeah. things mm-hmm. and, but we're doing it and setting out for a, holistic view of transportation in these gateway locations you know how how do we start attracting uh, uh commercial and retail and and multifamily and developers to improve that for everybody that's already there yeah i mean if we want to bring in more grocery stores or more walking clinics or more of those things we've rooftops uh d- create that opportunity yeah. for more retail to come in so retail follows rooftops is, is a saying in development. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so these redevelopment districts and this incentive can bring more rooftops in there and help the, the, the opportunity for grocery stores to come in our downtown area for walking clinics, for those sorts of things. And so, you know, as and the other item that I want to talk about is as we interview developers um, that are looking at these areas and looking at large projects, in all cases, they are going to have a lot of community input into what they're doing. So okay. there's going to be multiple meetings, multiple outreaches mm-hmm. to the community, and they'll do what they call charrette uh, designing. And that's where they all come in together and, and find out from the community, 
what's going to work here because they want mm-hmm. their development to work. Right. Absolutely. They're not just bringing in some concept they did it in <clears throat> Chicago or somewhere that's going to be customized yeah. to our community or else it won't work. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and they, they're all seasoned enough to know, you know, mm-hmm. to, that if you just come in and try to put a cookie cutter approach down on a block or a couple blocks without yeah. community input, you know, what is the, what's going to really mesh and feel good with the community and make it all work? Yeah. And, and, and that, that's down at the very granular level of uh, input. Well, I think these um, redevelopment districts are going to leave a huge impression on our community moving forward and are much needed. And you'd mentioned that 2010 plan, the 2030 plan. I think it's important to say that that plan was actually a group of community people coming together and having input into it. So I get to work on that. So from the very beginning, from 2010, this plan, from you guys coming up with this, I mean, it's all really been about what's best for the community. And and to give credit to to our, our leaders, uh, they've done a lot of things in that 2030 plan, mm-hmm. like the F&M Arena, uh, like the uh, not the F&M Arena, and then the Marina. Yeah. And then, That's a mouthful right there, isn't it? Yeah, no, and, and, say that so, three times real yeah, fast. No, yeah. <laughs> I won't. I, but the, uh, so things have been done mm-hmm. in the public. Things have been done in the private now we're at this mesh point where it's mm-hmm. going to take public and private mm-hmm. to get these next 20, year, uh, 20 years of, of transition and development yeah. to occur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. That, that 2030 plan, it's got a lot of great information. And, and when you start looking at all the community leaders that, that piled in on that, mm-hmm. that project, there's a lot of Clarksville institutional knowledge built there in sure there. Is. That, you know, sometimes... Those plans get shelved, and that one may have gotten shelved for a few minutes. But now I'm glad to see that you guys are are looking at some of those those things that people worked worked long and hard on. You know, you're in the next few years, you're going to be having to work on the what 2050 plan, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's a moving target. And that's isn't probably it? what what this is. It just yeah. doesn't have a name yet. It's it's the redevelopment plan that's going to mm-hmm. going to get us going for another 20 years. Well, I mean, you know, so what's the vision? Yeah. And, you mm-hmm. know, people, buildings don't last forever. <clears throat> they, true. They're not built to last. A, a generally, a building is built to last 40 to 50 years. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, what do you do when these buildings start to age out? Mm-hmm. And when the when they've you, you, you know, the concepts of how they're being used have changed dramatically over time. And so, uh, yeah, so, the, yeah, the, the next yeah. thing is the 2050 plan, but as you know, we'll start doing that plan while we're executing yeah. the 2030 plan. That's right. That's awesome. I think it's awesome. I'm excited to see it all start happening. I, I, ever since I've been here, people have always said, what about Riverside Drive? You're right. That river's beautiful and it deserves a yeah. better backdrop. So, well, thank you for joining us in here today. And more than that, thank you for taking the, you know, lead and bringing people together to get this kind of stuff done. Cause it's important. It's important right. stuff. Well, it's the, it's a, it's a, I think it's from where I've listened to folks, it's what people are asking for. And it's, and we have so much potential. Yep. Uh, and that's such a beautiful mm-hmm. area. And it, and it can really serve the whole community to update and upgrade and make that whole downtown stretch of, of, of area from, from the, you know, from the marina to Two Rivers Mall. Uh, oh, out to the Frosty Morn Vulcan site, all the way down to where College Street hits Red River. If we can really, 
you know, make that a real attractive place and a real great, safe place for all our whole community. Uh, that's that's an outstanding vision. I'm excited about it. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited about it, too. Yeah. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on a single conversation.